0: God's fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money. Here comes the money. The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now.
1: What's up, what's up? It is Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, and a lot to get to tonight. A lot to gamble on this weekend. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, we've got Brian and Jacob who are producing the show and uh, with you for a full two hours, which is great. Um, I'm, I'm going to kick off with some NBA. Obviously, since the Knicks took care of the Wizards, 114-92. Nets take care of the Cavs. How does the seating look right now in the East and the West as we are just uh, a few next week. It, it all begins in regard to the play-in games And uh, and of course, uh, we embark into a NBA postseason. So we'll dive into all that. Uh, Steve Verderosa, former scout for the Giants, uh, is going to join us on the program uh, as we get closer to the NFL draft. Uh, I I do a deep dive tonight with Steve in regards to the quarterbacks uh, that we can anticipate being drafted, as well as the offensive linemen, which I would imagine... Uh, folks here in New York more intrigued in regard to that conversation, considering that both the Jets and the Giants are in the market for uh, at least two of these three top offensive linemen that are expected to go uh, in the top seven. So uh, so we'll dive into that with Steve. We'll look at some of the odds out there. What are the expectations in regard to the draft? Not only can uh, New York fans be excited about what's coming uh, because both the Jets and the Giants have excellent uh, draft uh, capital, as I like to call it, but also you can wager on the draft. So we'll hear from Steve Verderosa, David Bearman, I like to call him, our gatekeeper of everything gambling at ESPN, is going to join us at eleven o'clock. Um, obviously, the Masters in Tiger Woods uh, is the story of the week and the weekend, and it's really unbelievable. If we could just marinate in this for a minute, uh, the fact that that one individual has that much power, the fact that you know Major League Baseball opening day. Uh, opening week for a lot of teams. Uh, some high expectations for a lot of teams out there and uh, nothing was was uh, nothing trumped uh, Tiger Woods and um, and the Masters that's for sure. Uh, full disclosure, I bet that Tiger Woods would not make the cut um, and uh, he teetered on the possibility of that being so. Uh, at one point in time today he was uh, sitting at a plus three the cut line was at a plus four. But he was able to rally and come back. So, uh, so Tiger Woods did make the cut. That means we're going to see him uh, tomorrow, Saturday, as we like to call it, moving day. It's going to be temperatures are going to be a lot colder than they were today. How will his body respond? How will it react? And where will he be heading into Sunday with a chance of winning another green jacket? So, we'll dive into the Masters, the odds that are out there. Scotty Scheffler had a day, I tell you that. Five under today, so he's eight under at the top leaderboard, a five shot lead on everyone. So uh, we'll give you some uh, some masters, some golf bets that you can make heading into uh, the weekend, and um, so golf. Obviously, some NBA, some Major League Baseball as well, and let's kick it off with with the NBA. Like I said, uh, in regard to the Knicks, as we know, again they take care of the Wizards, but does that game really matter? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no not really uh here in our own backyard it does but in the grand scheme of things what did matter Uh, the Cavs losing to the nets did matter because now uh, when you look at when you look at the east obviously the heat they've locked in that number one spot uh, and then you've got the bucks the celtics the 76ers toronto raptors and the chicago bulls and uh and by the nets winning not just this game but they've won three straight now they're sitting in that seven seed which means that they will host um, the uh, the play-in game and more than likely will be a repeat of tonight um, against the Cleveland Cavaliers as they are sitting with the eighth seed and then of of course Atlanta was the nine and the ten and just a reminder here in regards to how that play-in works uh, so again if the season was to end today the Nets would play the Cavaliers. And uh, they would play in Brooklyn. The winner advances and then becomes the seventh seed. The loser then waits to see who's the winner between Atlanta and Charlotte. And then the winner of Atlanta and Charlotte would have to play the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers to see who then becomes the eighth seed. So that's how the play-in game works. Um, for, the, uh, for the West, you've got the Phoenix Suns. How did they do today? Because I actually I, I liked the Suns. Okay, so right now about 10 minutes left in the second uh, they uh, they're up on on the Utah Jazz, 30 to 28. The jazz has not been good as of late. Uh, and one thing that the Suns ever since Chris Paul came back, their offense just hasn't been fantastic uh, and they you know they've been they've been very vocal in communicating to the media that they uh, they feel they want it they want that momentum going into the postseason and they want their offense to kind of gel and, and get a little bit better. So I was expecting them to play their starters tonight, and sure enough, they are. So uh, that's now all tied up at 30. Apparently, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are having some issues. Uh, maybe that's the reason why the Jazz have not been performing as well. The Bucks took care of the Pistons, 131-101. to 101. Wow, I thought the Pistons would cover. Sure enough, that's not what happened. Giannis, 30 points, 13 rebounds. So very interesting, you know. Again, I I know in the East you've got teams that are jockeying for that number two seed, uh, because again Miami has locked the number one seed. But nonetheless, Raptors took care of the Rockets 117 to 115. So the Rockets did cover. I want to say the Rockets were getting eight and a half points, something like that, um, heading into this game. Uh, the Mavs uh, they're up they're up almost by 30 points against the Trailblazers. Blazers have been absolutely horrible, horrific. Uh, Luca has 25 points and 10 rebounds on the night. And again, that's five minutes left in third. Uh, Just to kind of break, give you an idea of of what the slate looks like right now. So in the West, the Suns, they've locked in that number one seed. After them, it's the Memphis Grizzlies who've been killing it. Granted, they've lost two straight, but nonetheless, um, this season, they've just looked fantastic, even when Morant is not active and attractive. Following them, you have the Golden State Warriors who've won three straight. Dallas has 1-2 straight. Looks like that's going to make it three. Uh, Utah, Denver, and then the play-in scenario. So if the season was to end today, Minnesota would host the Clippers, which now have Paul George back, and that's great. They've won three straight. Uh, winner of that matchup then becomes the seven seed. The loser waits for the winner of the Pelicans in the Spurs. Spurs rested players today, uh, and and understandably so. They have no chance of getting the nine seed, so uh, they're going to have to head to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. Uh, And uh, what a surprise that has been. The Spurs, you know, they had a fire sale as we got closer to the trade deadline, and they still were able to compete and make it into the postseason, especially considering that the Lakers have just been god-awful. They've lost eight straight. Um, Their defense has just been horrible, ranked 28th in the NBA and uh, they are playing later on tonight. So uh, let me give you that that insight in regards to that matchup. So at ten thirty, so in about 20 minutes, you've got the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, and, and the Lakers, they're tipping off. They're in L.A. Uh, the Lakers are favored by five, five and a half. The over-under is at 225. Let's be honest, this is a G League game. Uh, with all due respect to both teams, but they're really playing for nothing. Uh, OKC, they're 12-27 and on the road. They gave up 137 points to the Utah Jazz their last game. They're only averaging 104 points a game, and they've got nine players out for the season. Meanwhile, for the Lakers, uh, they're playing for nothing yet again, Uh, or I should say as well. A.D. and LeBron not expected to play tonight. Uh, they've got a number of players that are not going to be active and attractive, hence why I call it the G League game. Uh, this game is very lackluster. I would I would not play a side here, but I will play the total and I will play the under. Like, I could see this game going like 102 to 98, something like that. And again, the over-under is at 225. So the play in the 10:30 game tonight, that's the last NBA game that's going to tip off, in just a few minutes that you can still get some action in on, I would take the under, under 225 in the Thunder Lakers game because uh, you're going to have a lot of, with all due respect, no names, uh, guys that we haven't heard of uh, that typically play in the G League uh, that will be taking the court. And so I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of offensive production in that game. So the under at 225 to me is the is, is the play. 800-919-3776 is the phone number you want to get on board. Now's the time to do so. Curious, you want to chime in on what's going on with the Nets? Uh, again, they took care of the, the, the Cavaliers, 118 to 107. Uh, I had the Cavs uh, plus 8.5 tonight. Um, so, uh, so uh, you know, obviously that, that didn't hit. The Nets did cover. Uh, but nonetheless, they now have locked in the seventh seed, so they will host more than likely, it looks like, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, in that eighth seed. For that play-in game, so that should be interesting. But with that being said, so again, if you do anticipate the, the Nets to uh, get the seventh seed, there at where it stands right now, especially the Bucks uh, playing their starters tonight and winning, it looks like that will be the first round for the Nets. The Nets in the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs. I like the Bucks coming in. I also like the Celtics, uh, Miami, some some. Uh, not, not a great showing as we got closer to the end of the regular season. Uh, I know they won five straight, but some issues between Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster there towards the end. Um, I know they're finally healthy. Miami and the Golden State Warriors are the two teams that prior to, when, prior to the season started, those are the two teams that I predicted would be in the, play, in, in, in the finals in the NBA. Still could happen. Uh, obviously, a lot of people not expecting uh, anyone to beat the Suns. Man, if it came down to the Suns and the Grizzlies as a uh, as a Western Conference championship, that would be really, really an intriguing game to watch. But nonetheless, very interesting. If the season was to end today and the Nets were to get that seventh seed, their first round matchup would be against the Milwaukee Bucks. Curious, folks, how do you think they would fare against the Bucks uh, in that series? 800 919 3776. When we come back, I'll share some odds with you uh who's gonna win the eastern who's gonna win the western who what odds are out there in regard to winning the entire nba i'll share that with you when we get back anita marks with you You're listening to weekend wager here on 98.7 espn brought to you by bet sports enough talk believe in your game believe in your bet bet sports here on 98.7 espn X. 800-919-3776. We'll get to your calls in just a second. Justice in Queens, you'll be first up. I just want to give you uh, the odds out there in regard to conference winners. Uh, Bucks favored to win the East at plus 235. Again, they're sitting in that second seed. Uh, the Nets, even though this is really interesting, even though the Nets are in that play-in game, they're still second favored uh, in the Eastern Conference at plus 320. And, and still no word no expectation in regard to Ben Simmons making an appearance anytime soon. I like the Boston Celtics. I've been telling folks for a while, ever since the All-Star break, that the best team in the NBA at five and they've got the third seed. I think avoiding the second seed is really the route that you want to roll the way you want to go, uh, in the East. And the Boston Celtics, right now, they've they've got that third seed. So I like Boston plus 425. That's where my money's riding. The 76ers plus 450, uh, obviously with the one-two punch and the pick and roll, unlike any other with uh, Embiid and, uh, and Harden, I-, I get it, but they're still missing some pieces there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So, uh, But they're plus 450. That's not where my money's riding. And how about this? The fact that the Miami Heat are the number one seed in the East, but they are the fifth favorite. To win the Eastern Conference at 5-1 to is just wild to me. The Bulls at 35-1, to one, Raptors 40, Cleveland Cavaliers 75, Hawks 110-1, and the Charlotte Hornets are 300-1 to, to win the Eastern Conference. Again, uh, my money's on the Boston Celtics at plus 425, especially if they're in the third seed because uh, obviously uh, the Bucs and the Nets more than likely, that's going to be your first round of the playoffs, and, uh, and God knows how that's going to go. Uh, I would lean towards the box more than anything else. In the West, the Suns are favored. You can get that at even money, plus one ten. Uh, Golden State plus four fifty. Everybody was ex- expecting them to do a lot better once uh, Draymond Green returned, but that has not been the case, especially defensively. So uh, that's pretty unfortunate. But the Golden State Warriors plus four fifty. Memphis Grizzlies six to one. Six to one. Utah nine to one. Dallas ten to one. Nuggets thirteen to one. LA Clippers eighteen, Minnesota Timberwolves forty five, Pelicans 20, 25, sorry twenty five to one, and the Spurs one hundred to one. Which means you lay a dollar, you win hundred dollars if the Spurs win the West. Uh, everybody's anticipating the Suns to win. Are you getting good value at even money? No, I don't think you are. My money is on the Memphis Grizzlies, um, and uh, and and they're going to be in the two seed. So uh, heading into heading into the postseason, uh, that's where my money's riding right now. Boston at 425 and Memphis at 6 to one eight hundred nine Let's go to Justice in Queens. Justice, you're up. Welcome in.
0: Hey, Anita. Thanks for taking my call. How you doing? Um, good evening. Good evening.
1: Stay- Great. Welcome good, in. E-
0: good evening. Yes, thank you. Um, although I believe that, you know, Milwaukee is coming in as obviously the complete team defending champs. I do think they um brooklyn uh uh present uh present a fear for them or anyone, so they would be a little nervous but the one question i have two questions I have for you um hey do you think that Brooklyn is withholding um uh ben Simmons as like they ace in a hole um and then the other question I have for you just curious your thoughts where do you think russell Westbrook would be would thrive at the most and i'm i'm as i'm a nick fan so I'm just wondering do you think something like that would Will look look promising.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it's it's a great question, Justice. Uh, I mean, first first and foremost, um, do I think? And thank you for your phone call. Uh, I, I'm any t- first of all, anytime anybody needs an epidural because they're in that much back pain, that's serious. So that's first things first. And in talking to a few people that I know that um, e- are either work. Work for the Nets or, or work around the Nets in some capacity have told me that uh, Ben Simmons his back issue is pretty significant, so I don't think it's a bunch of BS. I, I think I you know I, I I think this back issue is pretty significant, and uh, I'll be really surprised if we see Ben Simmons suit suit up uh, in in play this postseason. Hopefully he does because I'm I'm really really intrigued to see how this Nets team is going to look with Ben Simmons on the court. Um, we know what we get offensively with Katie and, and Kyrie. Uh, but you know, obviously this is, this is why the trade went down, not just because Harden wanted out, but this was a Nets team that needed some help on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, and, and that's what, that's what Ben Simmons brings to the equation. So I'm hoping that we will see him play, but everything I'm hearing is that more than likely we will not. Um, but again, I, I do, I still, I, I find it, I find it. Pretty pretty interesting that um, that the Nets are uh, are second favored in, in regard to winning the East. The Bucks at plus two thirty five. The Nets at plus three thirty. In regard to the championship, uh, the Suns they're favored to win it all at plus two sixty. The Bucks five fifty. The Nets six to one. Golden State eight fifty. Boston nine to one. The Miami Heat twelve to one. Memphis fifteen to one. So just to give you some of the odds that are out there right now before the playoffs do begin. So uh, in, in you know in regard to Westbrook, I just you know I, I don't I don't I don't know what to make of all that went wrong for the Lakers. You know uh, you know sometimes I I know that LeBron likes to um, put together these big threes and uh, sometimes they work and, and sometimes they don't. Obviously this this did not work. So, and and why didn't it work? You know, um, I'm 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 intrigued. Would, would would Westbrook be a good addition to the Knicks? Of course, it would be. Um, you know, would he thrive here? I think he would. I think I think the Garden, and and also I think I think the Garden would love to have him. I I, I truly believe that the lack of performance we've seen from Westbrook this season isn't a demise of his skill or his ability. I just, I think it's the makeup of the team and how he's being utilized in L.A. So, um, you know, but, and, 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 I, and I do believe, I, I, I think him at the Garden, I, I think would be a lot of fun. And I think it would. I think it would change a lot of things. And I don't know. At the end of the day, would it bring other big name stars to the Knicks to the Garden? Would it help within the quote unquote re- recruiting of free agents, big name free agents to come to the Knicks? Possibly that could happen. But obviously, what's what's uh, what, what was what was put together in L.A with uh with Westbrook and LeBron and A D, as great as that looked on paper when the announcement was made, um, obviously it 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 did not work. So uh we'll, we'll see what happens there. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. 919 3776 Uh when we come back, we're gonna hear from Steve Verderosa, former scout for the Giants for wow, uh over thirty years. And uh spent some time with him today doing a deep dive talking about the quarterbacks as well as the offensive linemen that are expected to go high up in the top 10 in this year's NFL draft. When we come back, we'll, we'll take a deep dive in regards to the quarterbacks. And I'll share with you, you can gamble on the draft. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Uh, so uh, after we hear from Steve, we'll do a deep dive into uh, exactly um, what, what you can gamble on. And are there some good odds in regard to how Steve Verderosa Vertor- breaks down the quarterback position? I believe there are. So stay tuned for that. We'll get into some, of course, a Masters talk with you. David Bearman from ESPN is going to join us at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, there's some really good value in regard to players that you can wager on that will finish in the top 20 at the end of the day on Sunday at Augusta. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that as well. I'm sure if, uh, if David Behrman had a million dollars, he would have placed it on Tiger Woods making the cut. Because sure enough, he did. We can wager brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. David joins us now. David, what's up? You got to be happy. Your boy made the cut.
2: Yes, and I, I like my bottles of wine white and chilled, by the way. Just throwing <laughs> it out there. Yes, Tiger, <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Tiger made. <laughs> um, and and thanks, by the way, thanks for the uh, the drink and the appetizer at Tava yesterday. It was good seeing you, by the way, for those that don't know, Anita came to Bristol yesterday to do a Masters pregame show. We met up for a drink, and then she came to my house and saw my wife and lovely kids. It was good seeing you. Um, is, your, yeah, is your da- is your daughter is your daughter still is
1: your daughter still talking is your daughter still talking about me because she fell in love with me?
2: She is. She absolutely. She likes her. Uh, what you call her? Anisha. Anisha. I think <laughs> Anina, yes, Anina is my wife, correct me, Anina, she asked Anina, Anina, I'm Anina, we were taking, we were, we were taking a walk today, and and she asked me if, if I loved Anina, Anina, like I like, like I loved my wife, so, I don't know where to go with that one, but it was good seeing you,
1: (laughs) oh, that's adorable, oh, she's adorable, I love it, okay, let's get back on track, so Tiger Woods makes the cut, now let's, let's be honest, you were you were a little scared there at one point the cut line was plus four he got he got down to plus three he was not looking good but he was able to reel it in in the back nine
2: I will say that the front nine made me a little more nervous than I needed to be you know I went to Mm that last night pretty comfortable That I was envisioning that bottle of wine and the million dollars that I put on Tiger to make the cut and put in the column and set on your show and went on a couple of other networks and touted that and told all my friends who never gambled to go gamble and bet on Tiger to make the cut. So had a lot on the line, that front nine, especially uh, his drive on five that went somewhere east of the fairway. Made me a little nervous, but we know the course, and we know that Tiger knows the course, and I knew you had the eighth hole coming up, and Tiger loves that eighth hole. Uh, And when he birdied eight, I said, okay, we're okay. And then – the birdie 10, which made me really feel good, knowing that 11 is a disaster, 11, everybody hates 11. I didn't expect the bogey on 12 uh, out of the bunker, left it short on the fringe, and then I'm like, okay, he's got a birdie 13, and I can rest easy. Birdie 13 had an awesome approach to 14, and it was smooth sailing. But yes, for a couple of holes on the front nine, I got a little nervous because I put a lot on, on the line there. You know, you gotta walk the walk and talk the talk, but Tiger got it done. I'm not expecting him to contend over the weekend. It's Scotty's to win or lose, and Tiger's too far back. But just to see him go out there, make it through 36 holes, make the cut. It's good to see him back, um, and there's plenty of more uh, from from Tiger that we'll see uh, later later on.
1: I'm I'm sure uh, it's it's going to be interesting. There's some big names that it, what's really what's really amazing here. Like you know b- besides all the gambling that we're going to get into uh you know j- just the fact that you know the guys that did not make the cut and 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 hold on i just i, I want to call up the leaderboard just to kind of throw the fact that tiger woods was in this horrific car accident right um and and there was talk of of potentially you know amputating the leg and then 17 months later he comes back and he's able to make the cut at the masters when guys like louis o um d shambo um, Luke List, who's been having a good season so far, <laughs> Gary Woodland, Justin Rose, Shoffley, um, Answer, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth. I, I mean, just to name a few, like, did not make the cut, is really, really unbelievable. And so you know, it, it, it's just it's it such is, a great it, story, it, it, David.
2: It is, and we know a guy like Bryson has battled injuries himself and didn't expect much out of him, but you wouldn't think that a guy coming off a horrific car accident where he almost lost his leg, you lost by 11 shots to that guy. Like, Tiger Woods beat you by 11 shots. I don't know what Bryson's going through or what his ailments are. They can't be anywhere near what Tiger Woods went through, and that just shows you the mental fortitude that someone like Tiger Woods has over somebody, and I'm not calling Bryson out, but you know, Bryson once it, you, you, you saw it when he lost that six-hole playoff to, to Patrick Cantley last year. That sometimes, you know, mentally he, he you know misses a three-foot putt, and all of a sudden all you know, goes to hell with Bryson. But you look at, and we all know that Tiger's dealt with pain in his life before. He's dealt with injuries. He's you know won a U.S. Open on one leg, you know, 91 holes, what have you. But I don't think there's anybody in, in sports history who who can deal with the amount of pain that Tiger deals with when he plays to go out there and that's not an easy course to walk. Like you know, I I've walked it, I haven't played it, but I've walked it. To to think that he could pull that off at his age and where his health is right now and beating a guy like Bryson DeChambeau by 11 shots is is nothing short of stunning. And I'm looking at the leaderboard. And Tiger Woods is P-19 at the Masters when we never thought we'd ever see him play again. So hats off to him and, and the fact that not only could he overcome whatever the injuries are, how bad they are, which we'll never never really know. But just look what he did on the front nine to then hold it together and go, you know, what he did on the back nine. is just, you know, it's Tiger. And, and it's, it, 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 years later, it's still nothing sort of amazing.
1: It is, it is. Again, David Behrman joining us here on 90.7 ESPN, oversees all our gambling content at ESPN.com. All right, so let's take a look at the leaderboard. Let's help some folks win some money as we head into the weekend. Scotty Scheffler put on a show, shot a 67 today, five under. So what does that mean? He's got a five-shot lead now heading into Saturday, as we like to call it, moving day. First in strokes gained total, fourth off the tee, first in strokes gained tee to green, fifth in strokes gained around the green, He's got a 57% chance of winning, uh, but in order, you know, you, you, you wager on him, it's even money. Uh, so I, I guess, you know, my question to you is, is, is it worth putting $100, $500 down on Scotty Scheffler heading into Saturday? Because these odds are, right. I would imagine these odds, odds are going to change and, and, and probably be more in the negative at the end of Saturday
2: short of him putting it in you know in the creek on twelve multiple times a la Jordan speak a few years ago. I mean this is his tournament totally. It's Like he he has a five shot lead. The weather's not going to get any better in terms of the wind. Um he he's just what you've seen out of Scotty Sheffield over the last six to eight weeks, the guy doesn't make mistakes. He just doesn't make mistakes. He knows how to play, he knows how to be careful and he knows when to turn it on when he needs to. And he, you know, we talked about it yesterday when you and I were were at the restaurant. He didn't play well yesterday. Like, Scottie Scheffler shot probably the best 69 you'll see at Augusta in, in years because I watched his entire round yesterday, and he was missing drives. He was missing greens. And he was getting up and down. He was hitting putts. He wasn't putting the ball in the water. He wasn't putting the ball in the woods. He did what he needed to do to scuffle out a 69, and then today he goes out there and shoots a 67. I don't see him making the type of mistakes. He's not that type of player that would allow the field to come back and beat him. Uh, so I think Scheffler wins this thing and to answer your question, yeah, I would probably bet him at even money to win this tournament. You're not getting tremendous value, but you are getting a guy with a five-shot lead at even money. Um, I-, I saw the way he played earlier today um, through seven holes, and before he got to that par 5-8 with a lot of people birdie or sometimes eagle, I went ahead and bet him then. He was uh, he was four and a half to one and you know got a little a little boost that, that you get from some of these websites that I'm still gonna convince you to do. And Bootson is a 480, so I have Scotty Scheffler just shy of 5-1 to one to win this event, and that was before he got to the 8th hole. He was one behind the leaders at the time, him and Schwartzel, so he that's why I was getting that value. But I still think at even money, Scotty Scheffler is going to be your 2022 Masters champion, and we talk about the guy being number one in the world. It's funny, like my brother, who watches golf from a distance, not like you and I do, basically um, said to me today, who, who the hell is this guy being number one in the country and one, number one in the world, and, and what did I miss? Where did he come from? Cause this all happened in the last six weeks. He is the best player right now, and he's playing like it.
1: Uh, You've got a few guys that are five shots behind him. Decky, of course, looking to repeat. It's been quite a while since that's happened at Augusta, uh, where men have uh, won that green jacket uh, back-to-back. I don't know how they put it on themselves. That's going to be really interesting to see how that would happen if Decky were to win. Lowry as well. M. Schwartzel. Uh, these are four guys that are five shots back. One guy to pay attention to. Well, one guy that's five shots back is Lowry. I'm going to get into his, his statistics in a second, but also Cam Smith, Cameron Smith is the guy that I, I, I thought would win this. He's two under. Also another guy that I thought would win. This was Justin Thomas, who had a great round today. He shot a 67. He's one under. So he's seven shots back, but I just want to share so, some, some uh, statistics with you with Lowry. Uh, on this In this tournament, the first two rounds, he's second in strokes gain total as well as off the tee, eighth in strokes gain tee to green, and twelfth in approach. You can get Lowry to finish in the top five at plus 165. I like those odds. I think Lowry's going to continue to play well, especially with weather conditions that are supposed to dip into the 40s tomorrow. He plays across the pond. He's used to those weather conditions. If it's windy still, I think he's going to do well. So that's, that's a bet that I am going to make. Lowry to finish in the top five at plus 165. Also, Cam Smith, dude is unbelievable. Now, he's six shots back. If there's one guy, David, that I think can really hunt Sheff- Scotty Scheffler down, it's Cam Smith. And you could bet Cam Smith wins this at 12 to 1. I'm going to throw some coin on that just because I like the odds. I also like him finishing in the top five at plus 175. So those are two guys. And then really quick, just to mention JT, he had a bad Thursday round, but he was five under today, um, you know, and uh, and so he's tied for 10th. So uh, you could get him to finish in the top five at plus 180. I'm going to put some some coin on that as well. Your thoughts on Lowry, Smith, and or JT?
2: I, I do like all three of them, Anita. Lowry had the third best round of the day behind Scheffler and and um, and JT today at at four you, you hit it spot on the head with the conditions. The guy's a you know he's an Open champion. He's won a major. He's played well here before. And if the conditions do blow, continue to blow, he's one of the guys that that. Can contend and probably would get that top five at plus 165. I think that's a good bet that you won't get that tomorrow once he continues to play well. As far as Smith and JT are concerned, I I already have both of them, as we talked about last week. I have Cameron Smith at 33-1 to to win this from back in January. I still like his chances. You know, he he blinded today. He had a really bad front nine. He went out four over was able to battle back and birdie two the last four holes to get in the clubhouse at two under. It's going to take some work. It's Scottie Scheffler is going to have to give a couple back, but if there is somebody on that leaderboard that I think can chase him down, I do agree with you that the way Cam Smith played all of Thursday minus the first and 18th hole and then the back nine today, I think he is someone who could throw up another 67 or 68. He's just going to need some help from Scotty to give it back. As far as JT's concerned, I'm mad at myself. Today was the captain obvious play of the day. It was to take JT minus whatever versus his opponent. You um, just knew that he was going to turn it on today because yesterday 76 was an aberration. I think he was too far back with that 76 to actually chase anybody down. But I do like your top five or top ten. I have him in the top seven. I took him pre-tournament was one of the picks I had in the column. So I I do like him. If I had to pick anybody at that level, it would be him. And the other guy I want to point to because. He he shot the ball well today, but he couldn't drop a punt, is is, is Matt Fitzpatrick. He's another shot back of of Thomas at even par, so he's probably too far back to to win the event, and I took him at 70-1 to before it started. But you can get Fitzpatrick right now at plus 650 to be in the top five and plus 225 to be in the top ten. He's one shot out of a top ten, 73 today, and the guy couldn't buy a putt. So he's somebody that I'm paying attention to to finish in the top ten.
1: Uh, before I let you go, let's take a look at uh, some of the uh, bets that you can make of guys finishing in the top twenty. Um, Rory is tied for twenty third. He's got a fifty four percent chance of finishing in the top twenty, and you could get that at minus one twenty. Um, a, a guy that I think is sneaky good is uh, is Willett as well. Um, he's got a forty six percent chance of finishing in the uh, in the top twenty, and you could get that at even money. Hatton. Forty-three percent chance of finishing in the top twenty. He's tied for twenty-three, and that's at plus one fifty. Tony Finau as well, tied for twenty-three. He's got a thirty-eight percent chance of finishing in the top twenty. You get that at plus one sixty, and probably uh, the best bet. And I've already made this. I texted you earlier today, and that's Spawn, of course, who won last week. He's tied for sixteenth right now in the tournament. The first two weeks, the first two two days. He's 16th in stroke gain total. He's 8th in strokes gain putting. And he's tied for 16. If he stays within that and he finishes in the top 20, you could get him at plus 165, and he's got a 40% chance of doing it. I think that's the best bet on the on the table in regard to finishing in the top 20. Curious to get your thoughts. Any of those those guys that I listed to finish in the top 20 you like?
2: I do, and I think it's very impressive that in his first event, first time playing Augusta, a guy who not exactly prepped for Augusta considering he wasn't even in it a week ago, is J.J. Spawn. I think he's doing well. Um, I worry about how the weekend's going to go considering he's never felt the pressure he'll felt there. One guy I do want to point out, tied for 23rd, one shot out of the top 20, Daniel Berger. You can get him at plus 140. Berkeley was was right there today. He actually crawled to within one shot of the lead. I know it was somebody you and I talked about to potentially be the second-round leader. He was right there before we gave a couple of back at the end of the round today, but he's someone that I would take in the top 20 at plus 140. And even though you would have to lay big juice right now at minus 190, I don't see any way John Rahm doesn't finish in the top 20. Here's a guy who... Always backdoors top tens consistently, and he's a grinder and someone that I expect to have a good weekend as he usually does. Um, he's currently one shot out of the top twenty. One ninety is a hefty price to pay, but I, I, when you look at above him and you see guys like Sergio, Westwood, McIntyre, Watson, and and probably an exhausted Tiger Woods, those are all guys I think John Rahm can jump ahead of and get into the top twenty.
1: Last thing before I let you go, you've got Tiger Woods sitting there. He's tied for 19th at plus one. He tees off at 1 o'clock tomorrow. You can get him to finish in the top 20 at plus 105. Are you, are you, are you taking your winnings from him making the cut and reinvesting and him finishing in the top 20 at plus 105?
2: I, I'm I'm actually gonna sit that one out and you know don't 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 say I'm playing chicken or anything. I got my money from Tiger making the cut. Gonna use it elsewhere. I, Tiger did what he needed to do. I still think he finishes decent, but right now he's on that top 20 line. Um, I I think that number is exactly where it should be at 105. You're talking about basically even money to do what he has done through the first two rounds. I do worry, and I'm gonna be fully transparent, Anita. It's it, 36 more holes is going to be tough. Like he did what he needed to do to survive 36, but it is going to be windy. And, you know, if he has not played four, full rounds of golf in a year and a half. Um, it's going to be tough for him to, to do 36 more holes on what he just did over the first two days. Um, I, I'm not going to play that, but it would not stun me. Anything that Tiger does doesn't stun me. But I think that's one of those that I'm just going to enjoy it. Try to cash some of the bets I still have out there. And, uh, I do have Tiger in a parlay finishing in the top 30. So as long as he finishes in the top 30, I'll be happy. So that is where I will have my action already with Tiger, hoping he holds on to that so uh, so I can hopefully crash that parlay.
1: Great stuff as always, David. Appreciate you. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Masters, my friend. And congratulations with, the, with Tiger making the cut.
2: Um, I don't even have to give you my address since you, you've been here. So remember, um, recently...
1: You got it. You got it. David Berman joining us here on 90.70 SPN. All right, John, let's dive into first and foremost, let's talk about Tiger Woods and and just the mere fact. Listen, I I could go back 17 months, how shocked we were when we saw the car accident, how uh, the storyline in regard to just how significant his injuries were. And just the mere fact that he's been able to tee it up and play at the Masters and and compete this week has been unbelievable. You've been out there. Kind of let us live vicariously through you. What has it been like?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, really an unbelievable story. I didn't think he was going to be teeing it up. And then obviously as the weeks got closer and the days got closer, you know, it became apparent that he was going to give it a go. And it was interesting to watch him play on Thursday. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think it's a great situation for him just because he knows how to get the ball around. Uh, out at augusta national the winds have been up so he's been able to kind of chip and putt his way a lot on thursdays irons are really good um so you know really cool to see him back it's certainly a different version of him and, and maybe as the year goes on he'll get stronger and stuff but just to see him back to, to, to see the smile on his face him competing you know people appreciated him being there it's been really cool
1: uh, so weather conditions were such a big factor coming into the Masters this year, right? Wind and rain, especially the rain prior to the tournament starting, how soft uh, you know, the fairways were, how soft the greens were. And then, of course, on Friday, the winds expected anywhere between 20 to gusts up to 30 miles per hour in the afternoon. Um, so with that being said, what is the weather forecast heading into the weekend and how is, is weather going to come into play, if at all? Uh, for these guys Saturday and Sunday.
0: Right. You know, so uh, not being a weatherman, but being an amateur weatherman, you know, certainly wouldn't mind (laughs) prognosticating on it. You know, they they had the golf course playing really firm early in the week, you know, uh, talking to some caddies on the ground. And then that rain came, obviously softened it up some. And then the winds picked up on Thursday and Friday. And, you know, a west wind out there is very unusual, you know, so you're seeing a lot of guys learning that wind, and now I think on Saturday they're going to see it for the third time. The temperatures are going to drop. I mean, scores are not going to go higher. They're only going to go closer to even par, you know. Um, And so it's going to be interesting to see where that leaderboard falls at the end of the day on Saturday. Now, I think Sunday it looks a little better, and, and the wind's not going to be as much of a factor. So when I'm looking at this, like anybody that makes the cut, is in play on this thing. They're going to have to survive on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I think it's going to be a little bit more of that traditional Sunday at the masters back nine birdies and Eagles sort of thing. So you really need to survive Saturday uh, to have a shot on Sunday.
1: Um, Do you feel that because you you've been there all week, do you feel that this is the most difficult Augusta has played in, in a while?
0: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, you know, there's been some people referencing like 2016, uh, you know, the one that Zach Johnson won uh, years ago comes to mind as well. So yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a longer Augusta national. And then you throw that, you know, gusty winds out of the direction they're they're blowing out of. It's certainly been challenging, you know, guys have figured out a way to get it around and the golf course is in absolutely wonderful shape as you would expect. But I mean, it is a tiring walk out there under normal circumstances, and then you throw a 30-mile-an-hour wind on top of it three days in a row. It's one of the, the stiffest tests they've had in a long time.
1: Yeah, you, you mentioned that uh, they made it longer, 35 yards longer, and some might feel like, oh, 35 yards, that's nothing, but it is pretty significant. And also, didn't they didn't they change some of the fairways? Didn't they manicure some of the fairways in regards to changing some of the angles as well?
0: Yeah, some of the mowing patterns have been different. They've kind of, uh, you know, lightened the amount of rough out there. And so you're seeing balls on like holes like nine uh, and 10 kind of scattering into the trees a little bit more. That's been a factor. I think the change on 11 has been the most significant. Uh, that hole's playing longer. Uh, and they, they've managed to bring the water on the left into play more by making that right bailout even more severe. They kind of raised the green. Um, Scotty Scheffler had a great up and down there from right of 11 on Friday. Um, you know, but then he saw Tony Finau roll through and and hit it in the water. And so that's always a pivotal hole. I think on 15 too, the par five, moving that tee back has just kind of made that more of a layup hole. And we all know that that's one of the hardest wedge shots in the world off a downhill lie over water. Um, I know that's been a little bit more controversial because guys like to see Eagles, it just hasn't had the wind for it yet this year. So we'll see if that materializes more on Sunday. But, um, you know, it's, it's it's obviously it's a longer golf course. I think as the winds continue to dry it out, it might play a little shorter than it did on Thursday, for instance.
1: All right, so let's take a look at, at the leaderboard heading into the weekend and, and the guys that we know uh, are, are coming in on Saturday uh, with a really good chance to win. And, and that's Scottie Scheffler. He's, he's had a great season so far. Um, you know, your, your thoughts on Scotty and uh, and how his, his game plays here at Augusta and, and the likeliness of, of him wearing, wearing that green jacket come Sunday night.
0: Well, I think it's, it's you know, God, he's got as good a shot as anyone playing so well at the moment and, and more confidence than anyone. Um, you know, he's finished 20th and 19th here before previously, so he's got that going for him. I think the biggest factor, you know, that's been pretty publicized is the addition of Ted Scott to his team as his caddy. Uh, I mean, when you add a guy that's uh, won two masters with Bubba Watson, uh, that's really crucial to have on your bag, that sort of experience out there. And it's showed off this week as they navigate the golf ball around the course. I mean, it's going to be huge for him on Saturday. And then on Sunday as well. So, I mean, Scotty, You know, it's one of the odds on favorites to start the week. And, you know, I'm sure his odds are going to be even shorter going into the weekend. Um, But he's really kind of in control right now if he can kind of keep pushing forward.
1: Another guy that I liked coming into Friday was Dustin Johnson. So, um, you know, he's, he's just a few shots back as well heading into the weekend. A number of people liked him. Uh, when you looked at his strokes gained total uh, in the first round, uh, as well as a, num- a number of other metrics, he was doing well. Unfortunately, he was not hitting a lot of fairways, but nonetheless, Dustin Johnson coming in. What are your thoughts on him?
0: Yeah, DJ, I mean, you know, it's been starting to play well uh, recently, and, you know, obviously he's got the pedigree. Um, It it is a little concerning that he's leaving the driver in the bag, which is like his best club typically, Um, you know, on Saturday, you know, if it's windy again and he's kind of playing defensive and he gets it around and and stays present, but then when it's time to kind of really get aggressive on Sunday and make a ton of birdies, you know, is he going to be able to keep pace – Um, so, you know, it's kind of odd to see kind of a more, uh, you know, leave it in the bag, Dustin Johnson, so to speak. So, uh, I'm maybe not as high on him heading into the weekend, but it wouldn't shock me if he got hot and and figured out a way to, to, uh, you know, slip on another green jacket.
1: It's, it's really, it's, it's unbelievable. This is one of the longest courses. Of course, we heard coming into the tournament and the fact that he's not using his driver is, is, is pretty unbelievable. Um, Deki, again, just a few shots back. God knows when was the last time there was a back to back green jacket winner and he's go- and he's gonna be in he's gonna be in a position coming into this weekend that he could uh he could he could defend his title um which of course Japan would be absolutely thrilled but prior to um, this tournament he did pull out of the Valero because he claimed that he was dealing with a neck issue wink wink. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure he want, I'm sure he wanted to, to get to Augusta early, but nonetheless, I was not expecting this. I actually bet that he would not make the cut. Your thoughts on what you've right. seen from Decky so far this week?
0: Yeah, I mean, just unbelievable. I mean, he started the year really well, but I mean you can't think of a more under the radar you know masters champ you know, coming back to defend than Hideki. And I don't think it's happened since Tiger in the mid-2000s. So it's been a while. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he's playing really solid. Um, You know, you wonder if the lack of form in recent months is going to come up and, you know, and bite him in the end. Um, But super impressive, you know, repeat performance. I know the guys really were appreciating that sushi dinner he served on Tuesday night. So I'm sure – you know, some of them wouldn't be uh, disappointed to see it back again next year.
1: I'm sure I was told that it was the best menu um, in quite a while, of course, with that Masters dinner. Uh, last guy I want to tee up for you, no pun intended, is Cameron Smith. Now, this is a, this is a guy that I had uh, selected to win, him as well as JT. I put a lot of money on, on on both of them to win, more so on Cameron Smith, but he had a really bad uh Friday showing. Of course, he had that late tea time, the afternoon tea time because of the winds was not good. Uh your thoughts on on Cam Smith. Do you feel that uh that he can make some noise on Saturday and Sunday and try to get back into contention?
0: Well, yeah, I mean with the short game like he has and, and the you know ability to make as many birdies as he can, he's always gonna be in the mix. Um I wasn't as high on him as you were but that was mostly just to kind of be differentiating myself from some of the other uh, prognosticators. So, you know, he's still in the game. I I think, you know, some of the decision-making on Friday uh, caught up to him in more ways than one. He's going to have to, you know, contend with that again on Saturday. I, I, was like you, you know, high on Justin Thomas, and I still think he is a guy that has a, has an opportunity Uh, Over the weekend provided, you know, he's playing and, uh, you know, I'm uh, he's got all the stats. He's got bones on the bag. Like, even if he's, you know, five shots behind uh, heading into Saturday, I I still think he's a guy that has a chance.
1: John, before we let you go, some final thoughts um, heading into the weekend. Is, Is there a golfer out there that I didn't mention that you have your eye on that has impressed you this week? Who's got a caddy on his bag that you feel is is going to be pretty significant? What are your who who are you looking at?
0: Well, one of the guys I had a ticket on ahead of time uh, is Shane Lowry. Uh, you know, he's, he's really playing well, having a nice Friday, and so uh, we'll see what happens with Shane. Uh, you know, in the end, it, this seems to be a tournament where the guys that are you know top twenty five in the world golf rankings, you know, that have played well at Augusta before you know, uh, put on the green jacket in the end. There's been some really cool performances uh, out of some friends of mine, you know, on the bag, uh, you know, watching Kevin Na play well, uh, J.J. Spawn winning the Valero, you know, shooting two over on on Thursday, coming back with even par, or with two under, rather, on on Friday to finish at even par. Really cool story. He's in the mix. What about that as a back-to-back winner? Um, So, I mean, if you can figure out who's going to win this thing, Starting on Saturday morning, uh, you know, you deserve a lot of credit because it's going to be a crazy leaderboard developing on Saturday, and then obviously it's going to be super exciting on Sunday. Hopefully, the weather's a little better. Like I said, we can see some birdies and eagles, and and figure out who's going to slip on that green jacket.
1: I'm hosting a Masters party. I've already like I'm I'm making homemade egg salad. I've already got the pimento cheese. I've got a ton of champagne. I'm hoping it's going to be a fun Sunday. John, before we let you go, why don't you let all our listeners uh, out there know exactly how can they find you at the Caddy Network? I know you've been interviewing a lot of caddies out there, and you've been posting them on your social media. So uh, so let the folks out there know where they can find you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just uh, search the Caddy Network on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, our website. Uh, we just are promoting caddies all the time, and and I do a lot of interviews. You know, a guy I didn't mention, I guess, I interviewed, uh, you know, ahead of Thursday's round, uh, Colin Morikawa's caddy, J.J. Jakovic. Colin's right there in the mix. Uh, we talked about a guy that knows how to close out a major champion ch- championship. So, yeah, check out the Caddy Network. We've got a lot of cool stuff on there. Give us a follow. And really appreciate you having me on.
1: Fantastic. John, thank you so much. Appreciate you.
0: Yeah, thanks, Nia. This is The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.